Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. Here's Earl and Nancy. Good morning, everybody. We're back. Your auto team. My name is Earl. I'm a recovering car dealer, and I'm in a studio with a bunch of other uh, assistants, uh, advisors, experts. Uh, we've all been in the business cumulatively, I don't know how many years, 50 for me. You had, you had Rick Kearney and Nancy Stewart and my son Stu, and it's probably been well over 100 years uh, that we uh, have in the way of experience. And uh, this is the True Oldie Channel. 96.9, a.m., the true oldies, but we're not true oldies. We're not going to sing to you. We're a show about how to buy a car, lease a car, maintain or repair your car without being ripped off by your car dealer. That's what the show's all about. I know a lot of you, I'm preaching to the choir, you've heard the show before. You know, we've been on the air for over 10 years, started out a long time ago with a half an hour show, went to an hour, an hour, two hours every Saturday. True Oldies, 95.9 FM, 106.9 and 960 AM. So here we are, not singing to you, but trying to help you, trying to save you from embarrassment, aggravation, an anger situation. I mean, let me tell you what justifies our existence here. It's called the Gallup Annual Poll on Honesty and Ethics in Professions. Now, all that is is a reflection of the true facts of what car dealers are doing, not just in the United States, but all over the world. They're trying to, t- they're trying to take advantage of you, and they are. Nancy's holding up a copy of that Gallup Annual Poll, and the Gallup organization has been doing this every year since 1977. What is this, 2018? That's a lot of years. And every year, for all those years, car dealers have ranked at the bottom or very near the bottom of the honesty and ethics ranking. Simple poll, they just went out to thousands and thousands of U.S. citizens and said, which professions that you deal with, doctors, lawyers, nurses, car dealers, uh, you know, whatever, lobbyists, congressmen, what other, what, of all the professions that you deal with, rank your experience. And that's what it was. 50 or 60 professions, car dealers, have been dead last many years. Last year, they were next to last, last full year for the survey, 2017. So they lack honesty, and they lack ethics. And that's why we're here. And we're here, of course, to listen to you. And we ask you to call the show. We will be asking you to the point where you're going to be annoyed if you're watching for two hours. But I'd rather annoy you a little bit than not know you how to not know how to call us. Our our number, if you want to talk to us, is eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. That's eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. And if you want to text us, we get a surprising number of texts. A lot of people just don't feel like they want to be on live radio. It's kind of scary. Nancy gets a little scared. I get a little scared. Uh, when you think that we've got 20,000 people out there. And I was really uh, surprised earlier before the show, Jonathan Cantor, our technical advisor and cyber guy, and he's in the control room every week, he showed me a list of our podcast viewers. 
and it just not knocked me off my stool here in the studio. We've got people from all over the world, and I don't just mean a fluky thing. I'm talking about all over the world and the United States and Portugal and you name it. And I'm going to have a list here just to show you some of the the reach that we have out there. So dishonest, non-transparent car dealers are not a USA phenomenon. They are a worldwide phenomenon. And I wish the Gallup poll would do a worldwide poll. I frankly was surprised. I thought in certain countries that they were more civilized, but apparently not. And we have people, it's just amazing. Uh, I'm, so, I'm so excited about the reach of this program. And we thrive on your questions, your comments, your experiences with car dealers. We love to hear from you. The text number, by the way, in case you don't want to call, is 772-497-6530. Text us, please, at 772-497-6530. And the audio number, the caller number, the regular number is 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. Another thing that I want you to, to um, understand is that it's, this isn't all about buying and leasing cars. It's also about maintaining and repairing cars. And we've got a guy in the studio, his name is Rick Kearney, sitting to my immediate right. And he knows... I hate, I'm not going to exaggerate, but he knows almost everything about automobiles. Um, he's been in the business a long, long time. He isn't just a doer, he's a studier, he's a learner. And I've known Rick for 20 of those years plus, and he's, a, he's in school all the time. He's online, he's studying, he's learning. We are living in the information age. We are living in an explosive age of uh artificial intelligence, uh, the eye of the cloud, uh, the uh, big data, and all these things you hear about all the time. And every time you pick up the newspaper, of course, people don't read newspapers anymore. Anytime you go online or you turn on the television or whatever your source of information, you find out that what you knew yesterday is obsolete. There's new cures for uh, medical conditions. Uh, people are not watching TV, they're streaming. Uh, people are, won't be driving cars pretty soon. The cars will be driving them. The the digital explosion, the information explosion, is just absolutely making it necessary for a guy like Rick Kearney to stay on top of his trade. And you probably have questions about maintaining and repairing your car. A lot of people are maintaining and repairing their cars the way they did five years ago. Hey, it's obsolete. If you're maintaining and repairing your car the way you did 10 years ago, it's really obsolete. Cars today are rolling computers, and I'm just not trying to shock you. When's the last time you opened your hood? If you're an old-timer like me, you used to be able to open the hood, look under the under the hood, look at the engine and the other. Uh, you could look at the coil and distributor and a carburetor and a lot of things. And if you knew what you were doing, which I never did, but if you did, you could probably tweak the car, tune it up a little bit, fix it if it broke, make it run better. Today, forget about it. Unless you have a diagnostic machinery, and that diagnostic machinery is becoming obsolete every day. So, bottom line, call us at 877 960-9960 if you have any questions for Rick Kearney. Next to Rick is Nancy Stewart, who is my co-host. Nancy is a woman's advocate. And you know, hashtag me too, you know what's happening. 
employers, males, are going to jail every day. They're being exposed every day. They're being sued every day. Uh, the, the woman's oppression is uh, going to be, we're, we're putting a stop to it. And uh, Nancy, uh, I saw your head jerk over to the right there. I think there is a reason for that. Why did your head jerk to the right? We have a caller, and that's Tina from Bonita Springs. Welcome to the show, Tina. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Is Rick there by any chance? Yeah, sit, sit right next to me. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to talk to him in just a minute. But I'm kind of a little bit perturbed at the local newspaper because guess what they did? Just this week, they posted an article about the Takata airbag recall. And you and I and Nancy and Rick have been talking about this for months. And I can't believe they're just now publishing this. The thing that irritates me is those few people, unfortunately, that passed away due to the Takata bag airbag recall that they found out about too late. Who knows? Maybe their lives could have been saved if the article was posted sooner. But it's just kind of flabbergasted me that they waited all this time to publish it. Well, I guess, uh, Tina, in a way, it's better late than never. But I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm sadly disappointed with the media, the way they've given up on trying to publicize. We know that the legislators, our legislators and federal government and the state governments aren't doing their job. The regulators aren't doing their job. The auto manufacturers aren't doing their job and neither are the car dealers. So we've got the fourth estate. We've got one hope and that's the media. And they're, they're dropping the ball. And uh, I totally agree with you. It's just a shame that somebody doesn't turn up the heat on those that are responsible for this terrible situation. Yeah, and the problem is worse than originally thought, too. So it's just, why did they wait so long? Why did they wait months? Maybe it was the presidential campaign that kind of got in the way. I don't know, but I just kind of shook my head in disbelief. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I think it needs to sell newspapers that's an old expression it needs to sell advertising mm -hmm. it needs to be something that <clears throat> gets the gets the viewers uh pumped up and unfortunately it's become a matter of economics uh there's an apathy uh among drivers we know for example that three out of four recall cars never gets fixed uh, so there's an apathy among the drivers. People come in and they buy cars without checking them with CarMax, uh, with NHTSA, with www.safercar.gov. There's a lot of ways you can check to keep yourself safe. But uh, there's an apathy with the car buyers, uh, and therefore there's an apathy with the media. It's kind of like what comes first, the chicken or the egg. Somebody's got to get people excited. Any one entity could do it. The auto manufacturers could get people excited. The car dealers could. The legislators or the regulators. But everybody's laying back. I don't understand it, and I, I can tell by what you're saying, Tina, you don't understand it either. No, but it all boils down to this. It all boils down to quality control with the auto manufacturer to begin with to not allow these defects to come onto the market in the first place. So oh. the blame is squarely on their customer and their suppliers. Mm -hmm. Well, that's exactly right, and uh, it's a it's, it's this case where, you know, Nancy is a advocate for females, but this is a case where it affects everybody equally. If a Takata airbag blows up in your face, whether you're male or female, it's going to be a terrible situation. And uh, uh, women, uh, I believe, are probably uh, more concerned. I believe women 
are more. We know statistics show that women will shop longer and do more research before they make a decision. And uh, we can appeal to the women out there, and I know Nancy would agree with me, uh, to uh, show their indignation. We talked in the car on the way to the show about uh, car dealers that were selling cars with Takata airbags two years ago that had been recalled today. Now, the Takata airbag recall was already well known two years ago, and manufacturers were installing airbags with Takata airbags that they knew would be recalled in the future. And the fact of the Takata airbag is that there's a degeneration of the accelerant. I don't want to get too technical, but once an airbag has been sold, it's on the road, the humidity and the heat degrade the ammonium nitrate, which causes it to become unstable, which causes it to blow up. So two years ago, or three years ago, we were selling cars that we knew would have to come back and be replaced. And it's, it's so shocking. I, I feel like, is everybody sleeping out there? I don't know. Nancy, do you have any know. comments and on that? We got Tina on the line. Uh, yes, I agree with you that uh, women are more aware of the uh, Takato issue. And uh, to add what, add to what Tina said, uh, the fact remains that uh, we have felt here in the studio that we are the Lone Ranger that uh, everyone else, <clears throat> excuse me, everyone else has not thought that uh, this is an important topic. And I'm talking about people like uh, our governor. I'm talking about uh, our governor, Rick Scott. Uh, I'm talking about uh, the attorney general, uh, Pam Bondi. And uh, we certainly haven't gotten any response from any of them. And they would be a big help, most definitely. Uh, we have made the Takata issue uh, to our listeners, our callers, anyone that knows us how serious this topic is, and it uh, has taken lives, and uh, that about covers it. Yeah, uh, Rick Scott, uh, I'm glad you mentioned Rick, because Rick's running for senator against Bill Nelson. I do know that Bill Nelson has come out in the past actively uh, in favor of regulation to prevent cars being sold with defective emer you know, uh, dangerous recalls, especially to cut airbag. Uh, I've seen him on camera uh, with a picture of the uh, face of a person that had been injured in a Takata airbag and, the, and, the, mm -hmm. and a picture of the uh, defective airbag. So Bill Nelson's running for Senate against Rick Scott. I urge all of you to take that into consideration. Let's find out who cares more about the drivers of Florida for the senator from Florida. Is it Bill Nelson or Rick Scott? I'm not playing politics here. I'm just saying if you're going to represent us in the United States Senate, the, the drivers of the state of Florida, get off your duff and come out there and talk about the Takata airbag. Bill Nelson did six months ago, but I haven't heard a word from him. Rick Scott has never gotten off his duff and come out and talked about the Takata airbag. So maybe that's the way we do it, uh, Tina. What do you think? Well, what I think is that the Automotive Dealers Association and the used car lots that belong to that association, they're going to push back on that, especially the used car dealers, because it's going to affect their bottom line greatly. But this is about saving lives. This isn't about their bottom line. Yeah, exactly right. And that's, that's the economic, uh, is the 800-pound gorilla that nobody sees sitting in the corner. And that is saying that if someone made it illegal to sell cars with defective recalls, 
then it would have a crushing effect on the economy. I'm sorry, folks. Listen, do you value your life more than the economy? I mean, uh, it's, I guess it must be a tough call. So what do you do? Do you do the right thing for humanity? Or do you worry about the auto manufacturer's bottom line, the car dealer's bottom line? Uh, it would really be crushing. I'm a car dealer. So if you told me uh, that, for the, that I could never sell a car with a defective, it affects, it's affecting me right now because I'm not selling cars with, um, with uh, dangerous recalls. But most people haven't taken that step. But I understand how car dealers feel. Rick? I just don't know if it would really be that crushing of a blow to the economy. I mean... Let's go back to the whole unintended acceleration fiasco that nobody ever proved that anything occurred, and yet huge media blitz, everybody going totally nuts about it. Nothing ever got proven on it. But that was one. Everything manu- recovered that, very that, nicely. That was one manufacturer. Well, that's and true. We're ta- and we're talking about yeah. virtually all the manufacturers. We're talking about millions and millions of cars versus uh, the sudden acceleration, which mm-hmm. was a Toyota problem alone. That's very now, true. Now, if you if you stopped every car on the road and said to the made a law that says you can't drive that car, then the manufacturers would be forced to reimburse those people. The uh, manufacturers would be forced to reimburse the car dealers. Uh, it would be billions of dollars on the manufacturers. They would have to provide substitute transportation yep. while they found the car, the airbag, to replace it. So I think the buck stops with the manufacturers. I think they're the ones that would suffer the biggest economic damage and then they would have to also take care of the customers and the car dealers. So, Tina, uh, you're doing what everybody should be doing is talking about it. You called us live on the air, and you know, 20,000 people are listening to you. People all over the world are listening to you. And I thank you very, very much for bringing this terrible situation to, to everybody's attention. Um, hopefully, it'll get legs, it'll get some momentum, and maybe one day we can do something about it. Yeah, and, you know, I was worried about my aunt's car last week because she had that Kia recall. Fortunately, I looked up her VIN, and she didn't have any, she doesn't have any problems with her particular vehicle. Mm-hmm. But this is the attitude of drivers. Well, and this is what she said. Well, you know, I need to go to the store, and I need to drive, and I need to do my errands in this adventure. And, you know, you're, even though you're not going on a long trip, you can end up really getting hurt if your sure. car is under recall. Thank goodness it wasn't. But people, like, she's a lower-income person. People at that stage, you know, they really can't give up their one vehicle, and they're particularly vulnerable. Exactly. And another point, um, women and older children, they're normally across the board smaller than an average-sized male. And they're more vulnerable vulnerable to getting injured by these airbags than anybody else. And that's, you know, something that really gives pause for thought. That's a good point. You've got the passenger side of your bag, the driver's side of your bag, and uh, that shrapnel doesn't go on necessarily in a straight line. It, it goes out uh, all over the cockpit of the car. So, yeah, everybody, uh, I suppose, mm-hmm. even in the back seat to some extent, there's possibility. It, there's a very real possibility, yes. So, so it's one of the most dangerous situations we've ever had. It's the largest recall we've ever had, and everybody's just sitting on their hands. Rick? There's, there's a video that's actually on the NHTSA website on NHTSA, and it it shows an inflator exploding. And I, I got to tell you, it's terrifying to watch. It's extremely slow motion. But when you realize just how fast those pieces of metal are actually moving in real life, mm-hmm. it's incredible. I mean, it's it's terrifying. It's like watching a hand grenade go off. And it's, it's mm. scary. 
Well, thank you, Tina, very much for the call. And uh, Yeah, we appreciate you calling, Tina, and uh, bringing the attention of the Takata tragedy, I call it at this point, because we have been on a long journey, all of us here in the studio. And uh, it's like as if that uh, I don't, I, I, I can't explain it, I can't define it as to why there hasn't been more attention paid to the Takata airbag problem and the deaths that have taken place and these uh, used car dealers that are just uh, selling them like hotcakes with, uh, uh, they're just sending them off the uh, lot and saying uh, good luck and uh, there you go. They have a defective Takata airbag that they're sitting in front of. Uh, Thank you again and I hope you call again next week. Okay, and I will text and I will text Rick in just a little bit cuz I have a question for him. <laughs> oh, very good. We'll be looking forward to that. Uh ladies and gentlemen, give us a call toll free at 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. I believe we have a caller, don't we? We do. Uh and she is a first-time caller. And her name is Judy, and she is from Jupiter. Welcome to the show, Judy. Thank you so much for taking my call. You're welcome. Judy, uh, you have won yourself $50 as the first female caller this morning. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. So whenever you uh, have finished, you can stay on the line and share your information with us so that I can get that check out to you. What can we do for you this morning? Well, I have a 2012 Hyundai Elantra, and in the past week, um, I believe I have a transmission problem, but no light is coming on, and five times in the past week, I'd be going to a stoplight, completely stopped, and it would not go to second gear without my hesitating, waiting, and it's never happened for the dealership, and they had it for days, and I took it out with them. And I believe it's a transmission problem, not quite broken, because nothing shows up on the test or the dashboard. Okay, so just just to make sure I've, I've got the right information, uh, it's when you're accelerating up from a stop? Correct. Okay, and, and it just kind of stays in first gear the whole time. And it takes a while for it to, I, I wait, I take my foot off the gas, I hit the gas again, and after a little bit, it will start to go to second gear. Ah, uh, yeah. That that definitely sounds like something is, is intermittently kind of sticking or seizing in, the, in what's known as the throttle body of the transmission. Uh-huh. Um, how many miles do you have on the car? Um, 81,000. Ah, yeah, I'm not sure what their warranty is on that. Hyundai, Hyundai's got a good warranty. A I think they look here. Yeah, it's a five-year, sixty thousand basic, but ten-year, hundred thousand mile powertrain. Um, yeah. What I would recommend now, this this sounds a little silly, and you might need get a second person. It's the safest way to do this. Have a passenger with you, if they can. Try take the car out for a good long test drive, and videotape and see if you can get this. On a, on a video on your phone. And if you can get a video of that occurring, obviously keep copies of it for yourself, but send that to the managers, the, the uh, service manager, and say, hey, look, here's what's going on. 
you know, I'm, I'm not coming in here for no reason. Here is this a video showing it occur, and they Rick, can take Rick, that how, up the line then. Is that more of an audio thing? How do you get a video of a car not shifting into second gear? Uh, you kind of hold the camera to where you can see the instrument cluster, uh -huh. and you'll be able to watch the tachometer. Tachometer, the, okay. The engine RPMs will go way up, and you'll see that they don't drop down back into you. second gear. And if you can get that to occur on a video, then you've got a, a, a beautiful weapon to walk right in there and say, look, here it is. This is it occurring, and this is what I want you to correct. And at that point, go with polite persistence and don't take no for an answer because your car is still under warranty. It's and got a 100,000-mile warranty and, and on that Judy, transmission. Judy, a couple of other suggestions, too. Uh, have you had it into the dealer? Yes, I have. Okay. Yes. Uh, uh, I, I would suggest you try a different dealer, uh, and I would also suggest that you use the 800 number to call Hyundai Manufacturer. Those two steps will get the dealer's attention, and uh, if it's not too far a drive, if you go to another dealer, another Hyundai dealer, and explain to the other dealer couldn't do anything about it. They should have diagnostic equipment that should bring this to light. And if they don't, they should offer you a free loaner car and give it to a technician with your permission to drive that car until the until the phenomena occurred that you described. So you're, you, you've you got three courses of action there. And I think you should probably maybe, before you do the video, try the other dealer. And if that doesn't work, then the video is a great idea. I hadn't thought about that. Rick's got a great idea to video the tachometer and uh, show it is proof that it is happening as you describe. Okay. Yes. And I had the the tech go with me at Hyundai and mm. we drove to the exact distance that it happened to me. And doggone it, it never happened. Yeah. 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 It, 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 that happens so often. And uh, But with today's diagnostic equipment, usually they can find the problem even if it won't happen sometimes. They can't. But uh, yeah, uh, you should... Uh, you should uh, try a different dealer. Call, put in an 800 call, and they will call the dealer. When you when you when you call the manufacturer, they will notify the dealer, especially when you're talking about a warrantable item, because your your warranty gives you the right to have that fixed. And and it, it is a problem. You know it's a problem, and the manufacturer and the dealer are not fulfilling their obligation. So when they hear about that, they get right on the dealer, and the top folks in the dealership, the dealer dealership manager, general manager, will know about it, and they'll put some pressure on the technician to uh, get it fixed for you. Yep. Great. Okay. Because they tell me until it really breaks that they can't do, they can't diagnose it. I said, oh, no, I'm waiting for an accident to happen here. Well, you'd be surprised how often going to another dealer and sometimes even a third dealer, uh, there's good Hyundai dealers and there's bad Hyundai dealers. And uh, just like doctors, you know, you get you get a bad doctor, you go to another doctor, you get a second opinion. So we need a second opinion from your other Hyundai dealer. And and definitely I call that 800 number because once you get the, the factory guys involved, the higher-ups that's when the ball starts to roll. But like I say, polite persistence. Just don't take no for an answer. I won't. Uh, Judy, Thank you so uh, much for your help. Judy, this is Nancy Stewart, and uh, I'd like to ask you uh, how you heard about our show, number one. I listen to it all the time oh, thank on you so, Saturdays. Thank you so much yes. for taking the time to give us a call. And uh, I, number two uh, question would be, did you go to the uh, dealership 
alone, or did you have someone with you? Uh, my husband was with me. Oh, very good. Okay. Well, Pat, mm -hmm. stay, um, st or excuse me, Judy, stay on the line and uh, give us your information. We'll get that $50 out to you. And uh, we all want to thank you for listening. Thank you. You guys are great. Thank you so much. Uh, I have uh, one thing to say before we take our next caller, and uh, that is uh, you can be the sharpest, the, the shrewdest negotiator uh, on the block uh, whenever you go into a dealership, whether it's for service, a sales, a leasing, anything. Uh, but let me tell you something. When you take someone in with you, you have a whole lot more protection. And that goes for the, uh, the gentlemen and the ladies, uh, but it goes I have to repeat it twice for the ladies, so keep that in mind. Uh, give us a call. Be part of the show. As I always say, you do make the show. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us. As Earl says, if you're a little shy, 772-497-6530. And, uh, well, we are going to go to another female caller. Her name is Debbie. And uh, she's calling us from Lake Worth. Good morning, Debbie. Hey. I just wanted to tell you something um, that happened to me. I always listen to this radio station, and there's a commercial, a car commercial that comes on about bringing in a trade-in. And I can't remember the exact um, commercial, but it, like, beeps the horn every time. Like, if it's going to say a swear word or something, it beeps the horn. And I was coming out of a parking lot. It was the first time I heard the commercial. I was coming out of a um, parking lot, and I was, like, edging out because uh, cars were coming both ways. And I pull out, and then it, it beats the horn on the commercial, and I, like, I almost had a heart attack. I thought I had <laughs> gone into a car or something. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't know if I should call the... Um, you know, call the radio station and say how dangerous that commercial is because it really scared me. Yeah, that reminds me of our phone commercial. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> when you said use a uh, trade-in commercial or used car, I thought you were saying push, pull, or drag your trade-in in, yeah. and we'll give you at least five thousand dollars. That's one one of my favorites. Yes. Yeah, it is. It might be. It might be. <laughs> yeah. But it, it it like constantly beeps the horn in it. Yeah, they, they come up with some pretty hokey commercials. It makes us wonder uh, here at Earl Strode on Cars, all of us in the studio marvel at how people fall for these things. But uh, we get calls off the air all the time, and Nancy gets them, Stu gets them, Rick and I get them. People will see advertisements, and we had one. I, I had one last week. Nancy might want to talk about it later in the show. Uh, where um, I talked to a man who was absolutely convinced he'd won $25,000. and But he was a little <laughs> skeptical, and he said, uh, the salesman said I've won $25,000. And I said, I don't really think you have run 25000 And I said, do you, have the, do you have the direct mail piece? He said, yes. I said, can you read me the fine print? He says, no, I can't read the fine print. So, <laughs> that, <laughs> so that's a lot of that going on, uh, Debbie, and I appreciate, yeah. you, appreciate you sharing that with us. But, but I do think it's dangerous. I do, I do think that commercial is dangerous. Very dangerous. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. You really feel like it's a, it's a horn beeping at you. Yeah, exactly. I agree, Debbie. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you, Debbie. Call again. We love female callers. You're okay. our third or fourth this uh, Saturday, and usually we don't have as many as we like, so we're on a roll. So thank you, Debbie. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Tina. And you gals keep calling.
Yes, Debbie, thank you so much from Nancy Stewart. That was pretty special that you took the time to give us a call. Okay, uh, I think that uh, we are going to uh, take and read a text right now. I think we have several of them. I've got a text here from Steve from New Jersey, and I love it when we're out of state. I love it when we're out of country. Uh, ever since Jonathan showed me these podcast viewers all over the world, uh, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm amazed. I'm so pleased that the word's getting out the way it is. Anyway, Steve from New Jersey, I'm selling my Honda, which I bought new many years ago. I got a Carfax report from my car. Much to my surprise, it noted that my car had a rear-end collision in 2008. This is incorrect. My car was never in an accident, nor did it ever receive a collision repair. Do you know how I can get this error corrected? Thank you, Steve. Hmm. Well, that's a shock. I'm really surprised. I guess it goes to show that everybody makes mistakes. Carfax gets their information from the insurance companies. Insurance companies publish all the repairs that they pay for. Uh, The only time you can uh, get blindsided is when uh, there is something that did not go through their insurance company. In this case here, it has to be a situation where it went through the insurance company. Whether it did or not didn't make any difference because the damage isn't there and and it was reported as being there. So there must have been some sort of a VIN uh, transposition of a VIN number or something, a mistake. But uh, that's very interesting. Now, as far as to where it can be removed, I haven't been confronted with this problem my first reaction would be to contact Carfax directly, and uh, I do it in writing. Uh, Carfax is a user-friendly, customer-friendly type of company. I think they're progressive, transparent, and I think if you uh, can get online and contact somebody with uh, Carfax, I think they can make that adjustment. I give them all the details. Uh, you're going to need, uh, you know, of course, your VIN number, and you're going to have to have the proof maybe photographs, maybe a a certified body shop, collision repair center. They would say this car has not been in an accident. You give them the VIN number, you get it to the right person in Carfax, and I would would think they would take it off. So thanks for the call. I love new calls that have... uh, not questions that have never been asked before, and, and you uh, really got me on that one. Thank you very much, uh, S- Steve from New Jersey. Great text. Ladies and gentlemen, that number again, in case you didn't jot it down, is 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. And I'd like to bring to your attention uh, Earl's latest column, Uh, And it's a pretty important one, as they all are, but some of them really stand out. And that's Car Dealer's Dirty Little Secret. Uh, Not so so little anymore. Uh, As, well, everyone knows or might not know, you can certainly pay a pretty high price as far as a dealer fee is concerned. And it can be labeled in any form. You can pay up to... What is it, uh, Earl, uh, $2,000? Yes. Yeah, $2,000. Can anyone afford that? The dirty little secret. So keep that in mind, and I'll also take a moment to thank all of you for listening to Earl Stewart on Cars. Uh, you are an extremely important part of the show, and we imp- appreciate each and every one of you. Again, that number, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772 772- Four nine seven six five three zero, and now we are going to go to John, a very important caller from Palm City and a regular caller. Good morning, John. 
Good morning to everyone. Thank you for giving up your Saturday morning to educate the public. Thank you, John. Uh, topic. Let me interrupt topic you for. Gonna... Let me interrupt you for a second, John. I yes. want to thank you very much for sending me the mailer that you did. Now, you go ahead and tell us why you're calling. My pleasure. I like to inform everybody uh, what's going on in this card business. But what I want to say, another thing you don't hear about and they don't tell you, is people that don't keep their cars. They keep their cars like a new car less than one year. Now, there was a very good automotive data and research company in Massachusetts that offers guidance to car buyers, and their website is iccars.com. Okay, sit down for this one. The dealers are not going to like me. The number one car by far, there's 10 of them. I'm going to not give all 10. But the number one car by far that's kept less than one year is a BMW Series hmm. Sedan 3 and 5, also the X3 SUV, and the 4 Series Coupe and Convertible. <laughs> number two, Mercedes-Benz C-Class, E-Class Sedans. Three, Nissan Versa Hatchback. Four, Dodge Dart. Five, Chrysler 200 Sedan. Six Subaru WRX. Oh. Now, there's many reasons that this happens. People, they don't like the car, the way it performs, or the disappointments or regrets. Also, uh, some of them upscaled, problem meeting their payments. It strained their budgets. Mm -hmm. But this, the saddest part, bottom line is, by keeping some of these cars, like, for instance, the lowest one, Subaru, there's a price reduction at 6.9%. A Chrysler 200 series, it can be as much as 29.9%. Wow. So, so the people that are looking to change, get away from their brand loyalty, mm -hmm. and deviate from uh, Consumer Reports will give you these figures, but that's the Bible that people should stay with when they're buying a new car. Join us, iccars.com. Is that like I is in Idaho, C is in Charlie, yes. cars? The small I, iccars.com. Great information. Wow. Fabulous. I, I, yeah, didn't know about that. Uh, we'll check that out. And, uh, they give uh, the length of ownership for all manufacturers, all brands? Yes, and they also, which is fabulous about them, they give also the top cars that people keep for 200,000 miles or more and a uh, very interesting website. What are the top so five cars? Do you have that in front of you? In terms What's of that? what are the top five cars in terms of length of ownership? Uh, the the brands that uh, that the uh, owners. Well, keep Earl, I'll tell you the one that's standing right on the top, absolutely far above all the. I think six of their models is Toyotas. And what's below that? Okay. Next to that. Toyotas are on there. Um, uh, let me just think if I have that handy. Uh, yep. Toyotas and Hondas. You know, all cars that we know. Yeah. There are some American cars on them, too, like the Chevy Impala, mm -hmm. um, the Taurus, and uh, it, a Nissan uh, Maxima. It's, uh, it's a large list, but it's a very good website. But the people will be shocked, especially BMW owners, that don't keep their cars, it's less than one year. Wow. And it's like shocking because it's an expensive 
and it's an upscale car, yeah. uh, you know, like the Mercedes. Huge, and it's, yeah. Uh, shocking people. Depreciation. There's the no first... shock about Chrysler yeah. 200 or the Dodge Dot because yeah. we all know about Chrysler products. Yeah. So um, go to this website and hesitate. Don't be so fast, people, to run out and buy these BMWs. ICcars.com. I oh, is right. Idaho. She is in Charlie. C-A-R-S.com. ICcars.com. Great source right. of information. Thank you, John, for a great mm-hmm. call. Yeah. And, okay. And, and John, All right. John, that, uh, that, that mailer, uh, let's give it a little bit of attention uh, because uh, I dealt with a few uh, callers this past week uh, about the mailer. So uh, what do you have to share with us? What do I have to share? I, at one time, I recommended that people go to their new car dealer because they're going to get the right oil, the right manufacturer, uh, SAE weight. But now I take that back because this coupon is from a brand-new car dealer. And sit down for this one. That offers a coupon special of $9. I repeat, $9 for an oil change. It does not say what type of oil it does not say anything about a filter it does not say about anything about what type of oil synthetic and this is a brand new dealer incidentally which i could tell you so many stories that i hear because i'm in the Stewart area and it's on your list of car dealers you know uh good and a bad list this is bad 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 <laughs> and this is just a come on to get you to come into the service and get the $9, supposedly, with this coupon, oil change. Now, anybody knows that a quart of oil, I mean, you can get a synthetic, go to an auto store, and some synthetic oils are $9 alone, just for one quart. So this is strictly a come on. And by the way, inside the booklet at the same time is one of these scratch-off contests to see if you won a new Corolla or a new... Uh, or a gift of twenty five thousand dollars, etc., etc., and um, it's just to get you to come into the dealer. Exactly. That's strictly what it is. Exactly. And it probably works with people, especially the scratch off things when you scratch the numbers and all of the things uh, match. But in the past, I was criticized because there's some of the callers that love to get these things in the mail, mm-hmm. and they go to the dealer and they love to get the free umbrella or, or whatever they're getting. But, boy, some of these dealers, once you walk in the door, they don't let you go. They'll, they'll, they'll hammer you beyond belief to the point that get you to sign up and buy one of their cars. Yeah, it's, Absolutely. It's, it's terrible what they do and get away with it. And the worst of the advertisers of the direct mail, uh, I used to say it flies below the radar of the regulators, but everything is below the radar of the regulators in Florida. Pam Bondi could care less about a consumer. Apparently Rick Scott could care less about the consumers. And uh, violations are abound in all, all the media, whether it's uh, Facebook or uh, Instagram or the newspaper or the television, the dealers are getting away with bloody murder. And yours is just another example, John. Thanks very much for sending Nancy that mailer and uh, for sharing that experience with you. I only hope that the people that get taken in on this express their opinion to the manufacturer. They get enough complaints about things like this. They'll get after them and do something about it. That I'm sure of. John, but it takes a complaint to the manufacturer about this gimmicks. You're right about that, but I'll say something. 
that I know from personal experience, the manufacturers don't beat up on the dealers that sell a lot of cars. If you have a high volume car dealer, this dealer you're talking about, by the way, is a high volume car dealer. I know it's a small community, but uh, in terms of his sales efficiency and the number of cars he sells for the size of the community in this market, he's a very, very large volume car dealer. And they don't come down on high volume car dealers because they like the fact that they sell a lot of cars. It's all about the money. I know that sounds cynical, but it's the facts of life. I agree with you, and a perfect example is AutoNation. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, All that's, right. That's exactly right. Okay, I'm going to hang up and look forward to the shopping report. Thanks, okay. John. Uh, you know, there there's so many perfect ways for these car dealers to get you into the dealership. And like John said, once you get into the dealership, boy, they have you. And uh, this past week, uh, a uh, lady gave me a call, and uh, she was going up to Treasure Coast Toyota to uh, claim her $25,000, and uh, I tried to tell her that uh, it would be a mistake for her to go into the dealership uh, for the $25,000 because it doesn't exist, and number two, to go into the dealership alone, I emphasize all the time, and so does Earl, you never go into a dealership alone, so please, ladies, and gentlemen, keep that in mind. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Okay, lest we forget that uh, this is a show about service and repairs as well as Takata airbags and scams that dealers pull on buyers and lessors. Um, here's a text uh, from Richard in Apopka. He says, I have a 2002 Chevy Suburban 1500 with 218,000 miles, a lot of miles. It leaks oil but it's been well-maintained. Other than the obvious valve cover and oil pan gaskets as cause of leak, do the shaft seals typically start to leak in these babies? Richard and Apopka, I'm going to give this to Rick because I have no idea. Mm. <clears throat> uh, my first question is going to be, which shaft seals are you speaking of? Because there's could be the drive shafts, uh, could be the uh, shift seals for the transmission. There's, there's a lot of different shafts, but... Um, Unfortunately, I don't have a whole lot of experience with Chevys. My best recommendation, and I'm going to do this right now, is I would look at some of the forum sites for Chevy Suburbans. These are a great resource. Uh, just Google 2002 Chevy Suburban forums. Oil leak. And oil leak, yeah. And a lot of these forum sites, they're, they're pretty much posts by owners. And... They will share a lot of information about issues they've seen. So if you see a lot of those guys that are posting that, yes, they've seen axle seal leaks, then I would be looking forward to doing that because it'd be a good idea. And, of course, the obvious thing is look and see if you have any signs of leakage around those axle shafts. Yeah, I... Uh I guess if you could locate the area of the leak, and that would be maybe to put some paper under the a vehicle in his garage or wherever he parks it mm -hmm. overnight mm -hmm. and come back, and he could specifically identify where the oil was dropping down. Right. That and would it, be helpful. Well, it, so it sounds like he's kind of a, a little more capable do-it-yourselfer. Yeah. And just sliding up under on a piece of cardboard just to get a look underneath there, just look all over those axle seals, and if you see anything that looks like it's wet mm -hmm. around those axle, he, axle he, shaft seals. But if he's 77 years old, maybe he doesn't want to do that. Uh, well, in that case, I would stop in at a local garage yeah. and ask him to put it in the air and take yeah. a look at it. Then. I, would, I would slide papers under the under the vehicle yep. 
and that way you can find out where it is without having to get down on your back and get underneath it. But yeah, I uh, I, I love I, I like your idea about going online, uh, or if you uh, don't have the uh, technical wherewithal, get your grandson or your son, daughter, granddaughter mm -hmm. to get online and go to uh, Google and go to Google and put in uh, 2002 Chevrolet Suburban 1500 oil leak. You would be amazed at the information that will be. I won't say hundreds, but there'll be twenty, thirty different comments. You might be surprised. And that might be. A, you'll 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 find a lot of stuff that you didn't know, and you have to kind of sort through the wheat to get the you know chaff out. And uh, but you'll find some good answers there. And thank you very much for your text, uh, Richard and Apopka. And by the way, for that paper, stop in at your local uh, 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 drugstore and just get some white poster board. It's very inexpensive. But the nice part is you'll be able to tell what color the fluid is that's leaking out. And then you can always just cut that section out. If you go to a mechanic, show it to them and say, this leaked from this spot. And it helps the mechanic to narrow problems down and give you a quick, honest opinion as to what's going on and what you need to repair. Love that idea. Thank yeah, you very that, much. That's a great idea, uh, Rick. And that's why Rick is here. He uh, can answer all of your questions and give you some great advice. So... 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Keep the calls in Texas coming in. You're an important part of the show. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Stay tuned, uh, you folks out there, if, you, uh, if you're thinking about uh, changing your channel because we got a mystery shopping report coming up, and uh, we continue in our series of mystery shops uh, with our Costco theme, and we're talking about the Costco auto buying program. So we uh, this mystery shopping report involves a Costco dealership in uh, Pembroke Pines, a Lexus, Pembroke Pines Lexus. Uh, I want you to know that it is going to be a doozy of a report. So stay tuned. Don't touch that dial, as they like to say. Absolutely. Again, I'll give that number just in case you didn't jot it down, and that's 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We do have another caller, and that's Bob that's calling from Lake Park. Welcome back, Bob. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I just want to let you know that I did call uh, NHTSA on that brake light issue that I had with my Mustang, uh, I was going to do it online, but I called them directly and had a nice conversation with them. They gave me a reference number, and uh, I thought it was interesting. Uh, they had told me that uh, even though I explained to them exactly what the problem was, that they cannot actually uh, uh, tell the manufacturer how to re-engineer something mm -hmm. that uh, is defective. They can only, They can only tell them that it is defective and issued a recall, which I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. And then I also saw something when, when I had to give them my VIN and I took it off the work order that the uh, our friendly Ford dealer on Northlake gave me. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that they wrote it up as a uh, bent brake pedal assembly. But mm -hmm. that brake pedal assembly was not bent. It was just that plastic bumper that had disintegrated mm -hmm. that was sitting off the brake light switch, mm -hmm. which needed to Place, which they told me, of course, was unserviceable, and I had to buy the whole piece. Bob, let me uh, let me interrupt uh, briefly here to uh, fill our listeners in. The, the main. Maybe get your thought on why they may write it up like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if they're trying to hide something uh, from NHTSA by doing that, 
or you know exactly why they write it up as a bent brake pedal assembly when it was not bent at all. It was just that little piece that had broken apart. Yeah, Bob, for those who didn't uh, hear you when you called last week, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this had to do with uh, a repair regarding your brake light, and uh, you were asked to be uh, for to to replace the entire assembly, and you and you were feeling that it could be repaired with just one part, uh, you know that would it was one little part that was defective, but that part was not available. Is that correct? Yeah, it's a little, it's a little plastic bumper, which uh, Ford has had a, a number of issues with this setup. They had it on a lot of their other vehicles in the past. Uh, they had these little plastic bumpers, and they had them on the, uh, the they had them on the brake uh, pedal assemblies. They had them on the accelerator mm-hmm. assemblies, and they had them on the clutch, uh, 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 you know, assemblies. Exactly. Yeah. And they were constantly, uh, you know, over time, just you know, breaking apart because they're made out of cheap plastic, and the heat mm-hmm. disintegrates and it degrades them. Right. And uh, so they came up with this idea. I, I imagine that they didn't want people to uh, go out and buy the part and fix it themselves because it's only a $4 issue. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just snap it in there, mm-hmm. just a little bumper. Uh, so now they tell you it's unserviceable, and they want you to replace the whole assembly. But uh, it, 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 it's, a, it's a function of how it's engineered. Uh, it, I told the people at NHTSA, I says all they needed really to do is to make that piece out of a different type of material sure. that won't break down. Uh, the plastic is not good in Florida because of the heat. Uh, over time, anything in Florida on the car that's made out of plastic or rubber, uh, you know, if you have the car for a number of years, uh, you can forget about it because everything, it just, all that stuff just degrades. Yeah, Bob, uh, right. Rick, Rick has got a point he'd like to make. Hey, Bob, you said that they, when they wrote up the repair order, they wrote it as a bent bracket or a bent pedal? Yes, a brake pedal assembly bent. Right, yeah, that... I hate to be the the the, the I evil think I, person. I think I know here, what you're going to say, <laughs> but I think it sounds like they were trying to cover their butts. They didn't want to put down that simply that that little tiny plastic or rubber bumper had disintegrated. That it could be a 99 cent part that they could easily you know get Ford to make and and sell to them. That that sounds to me like they were um, kind of going, hey let let's let's write it as a bent pedal and that way it. It shows up as not being that bumper being at fault, but, oh, the pedal's bent, and that's why that switch isn't acting. Bob, let me ask you, have you checked by any chance with some of your local auto stores to see if that bumper might be available as an aftermarket part? It's not. You know, I did. Uh, of course I did that. I mean, you know, I didn't want to go in and spend the uh, the deductible, the $100, plus they charge me sales tax, 107 right. to buy the part three or four dollars yeah i I told uh, like i said last week i ordered a a a bumper off of ford escort which i saw that someone replaced on youtube because it looked like it was going to fit but it didn't i went to all the auto body stores and they they have the bumpers but they have them only for the foreign cars and they're not that they don't look like they're not going to fit that you can see you can visualize what they look like it's not going to fit on that hinge right so i did try that but i do have my theory on, on what they might be trying to do here. Um, I think that uh, they may have been notified by Ford uh, when people come in with this particular issue. Uh, maybe the service managers got got an email from the from, from Ford or they sent out a, a TSB 
uh, as saying that when people come in with this issue, don't write it up. But make sure you write it up a certain way because we don't want to be subjected to having to recall. If they had to recall all the, all the Mustangs uh, and have to replace all these brake pedal assemblies across the country, they're looking at a big number. Right, but I don't think they would ever put that into an email or in writing because putting a statement like that available anywhere that it could be, because it was so, something like that, it would it would wind up finding its way on the Internet very soon. And once it did, oh, that would be worse than that. What was the memo thing they had about the Ford Pintos? Remember yeah. when the Pintos were blowing yeah. up from the rear-end collisions? Yeah. And when they came out right. with that bean counter yeah. memo. Well, we're getting into a conspiracy Oof. theory. Yeah, here. yeah. We, we yeah. don't want to go down that rabbit yeah. hole. We haven't got the time for that. <laughs> but, uh, Bob, thanks for sharing that with us. That's a uh, uh, bad experience. I'm amazed that you got through the to NHTSA. That's the good news. Uh, uh, let's share this with our listeners before we, before I let you hang up. Uh, what number did you call to get NHTSA? Because they were able to speak directly with them, which is an accomplishment to a government agency. You know, I don't have it in front of me. I, 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 I deleted it, but you can go online. I went online originally, and I was going to fill out the form. They have an online form you can fill out, uh-huh. but they also have a contact number, and I thought it would be best to speak to them directly. Good. Well, that's good. Uh, it's good to know they're accessible. They weren't responsive, but at least you were able to talk to them. And I can understand their point. They can't tell a manufacturer how to re-engineer something. If it's a safety issue, uh, they have the right to do a recall, uh, and I think they really... They really have to sit on their hands on some of these recalls they'd like to issue because there's a lot of politics involved. But uh, great call, Bob. Your experience uh, really is something a lot of people learned a lot from, and we thank you very much for the call. Well, thank you. And I just want to let you know that, uh, you know, they had this other issue with the ignition switches where all these people actually lost their lives Mm. because they had defective ignition switches in the General Motors products. Exactly. Yeah, that was terrible. That was terrible. That was terrible. And, you know, I, I got to let them, uh, we had an O2 DeVille that we bought brand new, and I, we drove that thing around. I had that car for 13 years, hmm. and it, I got a notification from General Motors 12 years after we had been driving the car on the road wow. uh, uh, not to put anything heavy on the keychain. Yeah. Yeah, that's why they Twelve almost... Years later. Yeah, that's why they almost sent some GM execs to jail. Uh, that was almost considered uh, premeditated and that they had put lives at stake just for the uh, saving, savings of the expense. That was a real close call for General Motors that it didn't go worse for them. But uh, you're right, that was one of the worst recalls of all time. And they really... Uh, well, the only, the, only person, the only person that got lost his job there, was, if you remember, was Roger Smith, yes. who was the head of the company. Yes. And uh, this Mary Barrow, who's uh, in charge of GM now, yes. she, was, she was part of that problem. She yeah. was... He was in charge of, of uh, quality control yeah. at General Motors during those years. Yeah. And now she's running the un- company. Bob, I and can't. No, and no one went to jail. Yeah, absolutely. Bob, you know, you've shared so much uh, information with us and with our listeners. We can't thank you enough for staying in touch and uh, becoming a regular caller. And uh, we look forward to talking to you next week. Okay, everyone, have a great weekend, everyone. And stay tuned Happy for that. Happy Father's Day. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, Earl will uh, appreciate that, and uh, so will Stu and Rick. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, we've got that mystery shopping report coming up from Lexus of Pembroke Pines. It is going to be a doozy. 
Now back to the recovering car dealer. I think I like to do a commercial. Okay. We don't have enough commercials. I think I, you're right. I, I'm going to do a commercial on my book, Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. Am I holding that up where people can see it? I don't know. But, uh, th- yeah, this is uh, Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. It's my book, and you can buy it on Amazon. You know Amazon, Amazon.com. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon, and uh, you can also buy it in the bookstores. Uh, you... Uh, are going to learn everything you ever want to know about buying, leasing, maintaining, or repairing your car. Now, before you think I'm a greedy capitalist just trying to make money by selling books, let me tell you that 100% of the proceeds, not just the profit, 100% of the selling price of this book goes to my favorite charity, which is Big Dog Ranch Rescue. Now I'm going to do a back-to-back commercial. I'm going to do a commercial for Big Dog Ranch Rescue. They are the largest no-kill shelter in Florida. Uh, we have five or 600 dogs in our, can I call it inventory? I think we like to call it campus. Campus is the proper. It sounds more humane. Yes. Campus. <laughs> yes. we have, sounds like uh, a college. We have five or 600 dogs. We still have a lot of dogs that are hurricane refugees from the Virgin Islands, even from Texas Puerto Rico. and Puerto Rico. Uh, All we, over. Because All over we don't country. euthanize our dogs. We have older dogs. And these are, frankly, some of the most difficult dogs to find homes for. Uh, Nancy? Now, wouldn't you uh, add to the description of the Big Dog Ranch that is somewhat... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think we have a caller. <laughs> no, that was a dog. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to put him through later. But yeah. listen, uh, what I call that Big Dog Ranch uh, facility, it's like a spa out there. If you ever get a chance to go out and take a walk around, you will be amazed. Swimming pool. Oh, it's just uh, it's an adorable a, place. I started to say a putting green. Actually, we don't have a putting <laughs> green. But we do have a lot of grassy areas, walk areas. We have a lake, and the dogs have their own toys. Here's the amazing thing is there's no cage. You go to any uh, rescue facility, wherever you go, the dogs are in cages. I like putting them in prison. You go to Big Dog Ranch Rescue, it's like a college campus, and they call their rooms, they have rooms, they call them the bunk room. Yeah, and it is a delight. They're little bunk, well, they're not little bunk rooms, they're pretty big bunk rooms. Four or five dogs in a bunk room. They Uh have, the walls are painted and decorated, full finish, kind of a painting thing with a theme. Every every bunk room has a theme. Uh, No, there's no uh, room service, Uh, but uh, we do have a full-time veterinarian, trainer, we even have a quarantine area. We bring the dogs in from Puerto Rico and out of the USA. They go through a quarantine thing. When the dogs come in, Big Dog Ranch Rescue, they get all their shots, uh, their deworm, the heartworm, and the rest of the worms. Uh, the dogs are all neutered. Uh, they are 100% ready for adoption when you take them. And we have a huge selection of dogs. Uh, Big Dog Ranch Rescue is kind of a misnomer because we have little dogs too. We have a lot of chihuahuas. We even have chewinis. Do you know what a chewini is? <laughs> what is a chewini? A chewini is half dachshund and half chihuahua. A chewini. I never Seriously? heard of that. Seriously? I thought Absolutely. that was a. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was a pasta. We got them That's all. That's cool. Yeah, and excuse me, but Samuel um, describes the Big Dog Ranch as a college campus for dogs. It is, and it and truly is. There's no dealer fleas. No dealer fleas. And I think one of our problems is because it's so comfortable for the dogs that they don't want to leave. I mean, 
Why would you want to leave the Ritz-Carlton? I mean, they are staying at a beautiful place. But we find homes for them. We don't euthanize our dogs. We have some old dogs out there, been around for a year, year and a half. We find homes for them. Adopt the old dogs, people. Adopt the old dogs first. Everybody likes the cute little squiggly puppies. But if you want to do a favor for a dog, Big Dog Ranch Rescue, <coughs> yeah, and go to this website. <laughs> we've, we've got a caller waiting, but I want to give you the website for Big Dog Ranch Rescue, okay? Okay. www. B-D-R-R, like Baker Baker Dog Rescue Rescue, Big Dog Ranch Rescue, www.bdrr.org, O-R-G, www.bdrr.org. You can go online, you can see all our doggies, you can see the facility, you can see how many dogs we have available that desperately need homes. Absolutely. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, like I said, go out and take a look around. It's a wonderful place. Or more than that, buy Earl's book, Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. And Earl is holding it up as we speak. Help the doggies. And 100% of the donation goes to Big Dog Ranch. And uh, we have a little dog that's holding, but we're going to first take, uh, she's a patient caller, and uh, she's a first-time caller. She might win herself $50, but we're going to go to Steve. A little humor there. Oh, the guys aren't laughing. <laughs> oh, sorry. We're going we're to go to Steve in West Palm Beach. I was zoning out. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I understand. <laughs> okay, Steve, what can we do for you? Hi, good morning, uh, Mr. Stor, Mr. Stor, and Rick and staff. Um, uh, I had called last week, but I have a FYI report as well as a maintenance question and related to marketing. Um, I just wanted to give an FYI report that, am, am I, can you hear me okay? Or, we do, oh, yeah. yep. We can. Okay. I just wanted to say that the tracks are being, CSS tracks at Forest Hill <laughs> going east and west through Lake Clark Shores, if you're coming off it, I like, has been closed and the traffic has been terrible, even on 10th Avenue. So if you can avoid it and go down Summit or Southern and, you know, for, and I think until at least the weekend and into early next week. Well, thanks but for the heads up, Dave. Mm -hmm. And that, then the other question I had was, uh, I got a thing, it seemed pretty good, a family-oriented business in Palm Beach Gardens up where you're at. It's called Kimco Tire and uh, Auto Repair. They have ASC mechanics. But the guy that was coming around, I was at one of uh, shops, and... and um, he was, I got it for $47, but they gave, you know, how they do the oil change on one side, and they give so much, it's valued at, you know, a couple hundred dollars, and then, but I got the free alignment with, you know, certain things, you know, you check your tires and things, and I just want to know if you do those kind of businesses, or have ever done any business with them, or, um, you know, what do you think of those marketing things, is it worth it, or they get you in, and then they... It happens like what we heard of the previous call of, or things like that. I love the idea, uh, Steve. I, uh, you know, I don't have any personal experience with Pluto Tire. Rick, do you? Well, uh, Chemco Tire. Oh, Chemco. Uh, yeah, pretty much what what they're looking to do, I think, is all mechanics work on flat rate. And if your car comes in and all you're doing is an oil change, just a basic maintenance. Yeah, for, for the most of you folks don't know what flat rate is. That's a trade term for car dealers. Flat rate just means commission. And, right. And, and they're paid on commission. So go ahead, Rick. And it, it, if all they're doing is just a basic oil change maintenance, they're not making very much money. They're making only a, a couple dollars at the most. So what they like to do is they get you to come in 
expecting to spend a little extra time there for that alignment check and the full inspection and what they're doing is they're looking your car over to find anything that might be out of shape or damaged or worn that they can upsell you on it's the whole business is based on selling more work a legitimate honest mechanic and a legitimate honest shop is going to look for things that are beneficial to you and will help keep your car running properly and running good for you unfortunately there are a very few of the dishonest places too they're going to sell you a bunch of fluff they're going to sell you things that you don't need they're going to tell you oh these little tiny cracks on the side of your tire yeah you got to replace that right now yeah and the best thing is if it sounds like they're pushing a little too much get a second opinion anytime it looks like a big sell get a second opinion on it but other than that I, w I would actually say show me why you're recommending these upsells but that's really what they're doing they're they're just looking to get as much money out of your car as they can for repairs and like I say honest mechanics do it too but they do it in a way that is meant to be beneficial to you mm. I, I appreciate it but like I said if you get the free uh, alignment and then you're going to buy tires because you need two front tires. I mean, that's pretty. I mean, that's 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 pretty good deal in itself. For sure. Yeah, it's uh, you know, there's nothing wrong. Every advertiser does this. Every company does this. Uh, the, the the name of the game is to be able to get people you can talk to. And uh, in an automotive automotive industry, you need to look at their car, too. So we heard earlier in the show, we were talking about a, a car dealership in Stewart that was offering oil changes for $9. Uh, the, the clear reason to come in for a $9 oil change is so they can look at your car and find something else that needs to be done. And, of course, that begs the question, if it needs to be done, then they did you a favor. If it doesn't need to be done, then they've done you a disservice. Boils down to integrity, transparency. So you should check anybody out. If you've got any company that gives you an offer that sounds too good to be true, it isn't necessarily too good to be true if they're going to be honest with you when you come in there. And you want to check them out with the Better Business Bureau, County Office of Consumer Affairs, uh, uh, Google Reviews, Yelp Reviews. There's a lot of online ways to check out companies. And if you find someone that's in trouble with the Better Business Bureau, you might want to stay away from them. But there's nothing wrong with persuading people or incentivizing people to come into your place of business as long as you don't take advantage of them when they do come in. That's right, I understand. And that, that free alignment, doing an alignment anymore on most of the modern machines is a pretty straightforward job, and most cars are so close to being in alignment anyways, they can make it look like it's in, and, and just with a small adjustment, they'll bring it back into alignment and it only takes a short time so they probably compensate the mechanics themselves and then just say hey you know while we're doing this free alignment let's see if we can sell brakes let's see if the tires are worn the belts are worn the wipers anything else that they can recommend they're going to look for well thank you rick well steve thanks steve. very much uh, for the call uh, uh there's still some do-it-yourselfers out there and uh if you find some of this offer in the service to help you do some basics, that's okay. But just check them out before they try to sell you something you don't need. But yep. thanks very much for the call, Steve. Yeah, that's a uh, that's yes, a sir, I'm looking about getting the book. <laughs> uh, there you help Thank a dog, you. save a dog, and read the book. There you go, Stu. Hey, we got a bunch of people watching us live on Facebook right now, and we just want to acknowledge that we 
we are aware of the audio issue, so you can hear what's in the studio, but not the callers right now. We're working to fix that, but if you want to hear the whole show, you can stream it live at streamearloncars.com or catch the replay of the show and all of our shows on soundcloud.com, Earl on Cars, and the Apple Podcast app. Great, great information, uh, Stu, and uh, I'm glad that you brought that to the uh, listeners' attention. Uh, I, you know, I have to h- share one more of my uh, stories. Uh, I got a phone call uh, this week from a young lady who went to a dealership uh, up in uh, Stewart. Uh, uh, Earl, can I mention the uh, name of the dealership? Oh, sure, sure. Okay, she went into uh, Treasure Coast Toyota, and uh, she was uh, going in for service. And uh, what happened was that she was uh, trapped like a rat, as I call it. And a salesperson uh, wanted to convince her to purchase a new vehicle. And uh, not only that, uh, but uh, she too was talked into some uh, add-ons in the service department. Uh, Fortunately, she declined and she left the dealership. But uh, ladies, I do have to bring that to your attention. Don't go into the dealership alone. It is very important that you take a friend. This is definitely a male-dominated sales force most of the time. Things are getting better. They definitely are getting better for the ladies and the guys. So keep that information in in mind, and and it's very important. Uh, Make yourself a mental note. Give us a call, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. A few minutes ago, I talked about how we're reaching so many people, it surprised me, around the country and the world on our podcast. And uh, Jonathan and the control room just sent me a screenshot of some of the places we've been reaching. uh, this is astounding. Uh, Huntington Valley, I'm not sure where that is. Sounds like California. Queenstown, and uh, I'm not, that's the place I have. Gainesville, we know where that is in Florida. Uh, uh, Valley Village, uh, Waynesville, that sounds like uh, North Carolina. Alexandria, sounds like Virginia. Santa Ana, California. Lisbon, Portugal, I love that. Hello in Lisbon. Yes. Shout, shout out to all the <laughs> folks in Lisbon. <laughs> we got 10 people in Lisbon, Portugal. We can't, can't, podcast, can't, right? can't make this up. <laughs> uh, we got, of course, Fort Lauderdale. We've got uh, the Bronx. Uh, we've got Atlantic City, New Jersey, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, Newark, New Jersey, of course, Miami, Mountain View, California, Los Angeles. Got a lot of West Coast folks there. Palm Beach Cards, naturally. Cape Coral, uh, Port St. Lucie, naturally. Ashburn. I'm not sure about Ashburn. Uh, Pan. Uh, Panorama City. I thought that was going to be Panama City. Uh, Huntington Valley, according to Google, is in Pennsylvania. Wow. Fort Myers, naturally. Chandler, don't know. Uh, Malden, uh, Jonathan told me that's South Carolina. And a lot of people from uh, Maudlin, M-A-U-D, no, Maudin, M-A-U-D-I-N. A lot of people, 39 people, 38 people, or 38, uh, it's been viewed 38 times, so... It's just interesting to me, and of course, Jupiter and West Palm Beach here, but uh, it's amazing the breadth of our podcast. So, uh, you can, you know, you got podcasts, you got iTunes, you can read our podcast. Uh, Sue, tell them how you get to the podcast. Um, you can go to soundcloud.com, get the SoundCloud, SoundCloud app, search for Erlon Cars. Yeah. Also, on the Apple Podcast app, you can go search Erlon Cars and hear all the old shows and. 
So put that into your, if you've never done a podcast before, it'll be a challenge. But if you have, just go to your podcast and search Earl on Cars and watch us. What, what was that, modern? What was that spelling again? M-A-U-D-I-N. M-A-U-D-I-N. Yeah, Jonathan, I think, said it was, uh, did I get that right, Jonathan? South Carolina? Yeah. Oh, oh, Malden, okay. Malden. M-A-U-L-D-I-N, yeah, South Carolina. Good. Yeah, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I can't believe that uh, we're already uh, at 9.16, according to my watch. And I want to remind everyone that we have a very important mystery shopping report coming up. And it is from Lexus of Pembroke Pines. That's Lexus of Pembroke Pines. So please stay tuned. And uh, if we do have time, I would love to extend an invitation to you uh, to uh, text us, as everyone is doing right now. And uh, let us know how you feel about that mystery shopping report. And uh, if you'd like to give us a call, we definitely have time, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. I'm going to talk a little bit more about uh, Takata and uh, because that is going to be uh, our main continuous theme for a long time here and start the show out with Tina from Benita Springs talking about it. Uh, and uh, a fact that you probably don't know about recalls is that for every 1,000 cars on the road with a recall, only 250 of them are being fixed. 25% are finally being fixed. Now, here's another fact that you don't know. The manufacturers with the Takata airbag recall were putting Takata airbags back on to cars that were recalled with Takata airbags. Doesn't make sense, does it? Well, here's what was going on. The airbag they recalled was an older airbag four, five, six years old. So they recalled it. If the person brought the car back in, they replaced it with another Takata airbag, same airbag, but it was fresh. They knew when they put that Takata airbag on the car that it was going to have to be recalled again. So two years later, these same airbags are being recalled. Now, <clears throat> you say, what's the problem? Well, I think you see what the problem is. Another problem you probably don't know about is how difficult it is to find people once they buy a car. We had John from Palm City talking earlier about how many people trade their cars in in one year, and two years, and three years. Once a car has been traded and gone from owner to owner to owner, it's almost impossible to trace these people down. Now, as a car dealer, in full disclosure and transparency, I am a Toyota dealer, and I do have recalls, and I have to go after those people and try to find them to bring them in to get them safe and sound and get their cars fixed. And what I'm finding now with the list that I'm provided for by Toyota, you can't find these people. Uh, I was given a list the other day, and I would say it was about 90% inaccurate. Yeah, 850 people, and these people don't own the cars anymore. Yeah, 850 people oh. that I was supposed to call to say you've got a dangerous car you've been driving, but the people don't own the cars anymore. This registration list purportedly came from the Department of Motor Vehicles in Tallahassee for Florida. Hmm. Well, if all the Department of Motor Vehicles are providing these type of inaccurate lists, we got a real problem in this country. Yes. I don't know whose fault it is, whether it's the manufacturer's fault, whether it's the Department of Motor Vehicles in the state's fault. I don't know where the problem is, but it seems to me in today's digital age, uh, the explosion in information 
and computers and big data that we can't find the owner of somebody with a VIN number, you have to register your car, right? Yes. How, how hard would it be for the state of Florida, with all the money we spend on such silly things that we do, how hard would it be to have them simply take a program, pull all the VIN numbers, compare them on NHTSA's website, and then send a notification to each of those people if there's an open campaign. But how do they find their address? Because they, it's current registration. No, if the car is currently I, registered to that person, it's got their address well, because they, they, they mailed them yeah, the registration, yeah, they, right? Yeah, they've done that. They've, notice, they've notified the people that are currently re- If I bought a car from ABC Honda and my car is recalled, I will get a recall notice. Mm-hmm. But if I trade that car in, owner two and owner three and owner four don't get the recalls. But that, that's that why happened if, recently. If I buy that, a car from John off the side of the road and I register that car with the state of florida then the state of florida knows that that vin number is tagged to my address and they should automatically have their computer compare it on the nitsa website and send me a I notification know, I know, I know that what i have sh- an open recall. i know what they should do but they don't do it right yeah and that's why I, the point is that the information is available and it's not being utilized and no and one it, is upset about it and at that point there would be no invasion of privacy because the state already has that information it's not like an outside source is getting your information or any invasion of your privacy all the state has to do is run a computer program and send a notification, hey, you own this car now, you've got it registered right now at this moment, you have an open recall. Exactly. Save okay. people's lives. Absolutely. Before we get to the uh, mystery shopping report, do we, hell, we do. We have a uh, another text come in, I can do that. I think we've got two of them in there. Okay, we got two of them in there. Let's go with uh, the last one first. Hi, I'm a new listener and find your newscast amazing. Thank you very much. I was listening to a caller earlier. He was talking about a Mustang and a brake pedal that he was having trouble with. Uh, They're plastic. I own a metal company. We fabricate all different kinds of items. Uh, Name we do, perhaps we could help in designing an item to fix this problem. Uh, That's an interesting point. Uh, I... uh, I would think that just about any part can be fabricated in an automobile. Not all, of course, but most can. I think it's a matter of expense. Uh, I'd be interested to know uh, what you, uh, I don't know, I guess it depends on the complexity of the part. Uh, you know, a simple, a simple shape probably could be fabricated easily, more complex shape, and then you might have a moving part or Three, something like 3D that. 3D printer. Yeah, 3D mm-hmm. printing. Yeah, good point. Very good point. But uh, thanks very much for uh, for. Uh, texting the show and for telling us about that and for the compliment. Uh, the other text I have is, oops, that's that's one I just did. You sure I have another fresh, tec- fresh text? Yes, you do. You got one from uh, Richard and Apopka. Richard and Apopka. 2002 Chevy Suburban. I think I just did that. Nope, that was the Mustang. Okay. Uh, the oil leak, uh, Rick handled that. Oh, okay. No problem. Yeah, Rick, Richard from Apopka. Apocalypse. Apopka. 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 We did Apopka. that. Okay. okay. Yes, we did. Now, the uh, the mystery shopping report, uh, we're going to get into a little bit earlier because uh, it is a theme that we're continuing. And the theme has to do with the Costco member auto buying program. Um, and I, I like to preface these shopping reports that do every week. I don't want to come across 
people thinking I am a Costco hater. Au contraire. Nancy and I and everybody in this room, as far as I know, everybody loves Costco. Costco is one of the most amazing companies on the planet. Got the best hot dogs in town. Exactly. Best hot dogs, best chickens. Ooh, yeah. Cheapest chickens, four ninety nine. Yeah. And what I'm holding too. What yeah. I'm yep. holding in my hand is a uh, column that Earl wrote recently. Buy your next car through Costco. The Costco Auto Program. Continue. So, so we we were devotees of the Costco Auto Bike Program until we learned certain facts. Absolutely. And we have entered into a um, adversarial relationship with the Costco Auto Program, which is uh, counterintuitively not part of Costco. It's a subcontracted division, you might say. It's a separate company in San Diego, the Affinity Development Corporation, who administer and pretty much run the whole Costco Auto Member Buying Program. So as I proceed to be critical of the Costco Auto Member Buying Program, I want you to understand that this in no way uh, measures my lack of esteem for the Costco company. Absolutely. Uh, I think they're an amazing company. And I highly recommend Costco. I if second the motion. If you're not a member of Costco, then you should be a member. Uh, the service, 100% unconditional returns. They will not mark up any product over 15%. <coughs> when Nancy and I shop on Costco online or otherwise, we don't shop and compare price because we know, worst case scenario, I'm paying 15% more than what Costco paid. Now, when you go to a car dealership, you better hope you're not paying 100% more than the dealer paid or 200% more than the dealer paid. So I will proceed with this mystery shop of Lexus of Pembroke Pines with that in mind of how high esteem I hold Costco. Well said. Okay, Very thank well you. Said. <coughs> For over a month, we've been mystery shopping car dealers who participate in the Costco Auto Program. So far, we've uncovered a very inconsistently administered car buying program. Poor management. And I think a lot of this has to do with sloppy management, not preconceived evil. I do not believe for a minute that there is a conspiracy between the Costco Auto Buying Program and the car dealers. I think it is an inconsistently administered program with a lack of knowledge, sometimes maybe not wanting to know what's going on, but nevertheless, not a conspiracy. Willful ignorance. Willful ignorance. I like that. Mm. On, its surface, on its surface, the Costco Auto Program is a great thing. Dealers compete to offer extremely low prices to, to Costco warehouse members. All a member has to do is go online, select a vehicle. The Costco Auto Program will refer him or her to the closest participating dealer with the best price. I mean, what could be more elegant? To be more accurate, Costco members are supposed, I underlined, supposed to go online and submit an inquiry. But in reality, most just go to the dealership and ask for the Costco price there. Now, how do I know that? People out there listening with the Affinity Development Corporation, how do I know that? Because we know. We know it because <laughs> we are Costco certified dealers. At least as of now, we might be canceled in five minutes. Well, in five seconds. Maybe. In five <laughs> seconds. Because they don't like what I'm saying. But the reason we know that most Costco members don't go through the online website for Costco is because we sell most of our Costco members otherwise. They know there's a Costco auto member buying program. They go into the Costco warehouse to buy a chicken or a hot dog, and they see a big banner that says 
Costco auto member buying program, buy a car at a really great price. Now, you know they're in there because they trust Costco. And they trust Costco to say that if I call a certified dealer, I'm going to get a really good price. So they call probably the dealer they normally deal with, and they call the dealer up and they say, Hey, I'm a Costco member. Are you going to give me the Costco member price, a really good price? And what is the car salesman going to say? <laughs> no? Of course we will. So that's the way it goes. So here we are. Because of this, even the Costco auto program has no idea how many people are actually using their service. It's basically about one out of four. Is that about right, Stu? Mm -hmm. we, th we figure like one, one out of three. three. Yes, one out of three. About one-third go through the procedure of online. Two-thirds of the, gr the vast majority just call in and say, here's my card. I want a good price. So the Costco auto buying program has no idea about this. Costco themselves have less of an idea. Um, and they have no idea at all of how the dealer is treating the Costco member or even if they're honoring the prearranged pricing. How could they know? Because they haven't gone through, they haven't been forewarned on the website. In our mystery shops, we've seen car dealers follow the program to the letter and still, they follow the program to the letter and they still take advantage of the customer with surprise dealer fees and overcharging for worthless equipment installed in the dealership. The Costco Auto Program supports these practices. Now we could say inadvertently, through lack of knowledge or lack of wanting to, the knowledge, but they are inconsistently aiding and abetting the sloppiness of this program. One official Costco Auto Program confirmation email assured our shoppers, this is an example of the inconsistency, an official email from the Costco Auto Program assured the member that he would have to pay only 50% of the price of dealer installed options. In this case, the equipment was $1,095 for nitrogen, mud guards, and a taped-on pinstripe, $1,095. The Costco Auto Program guaranteed he'd pay only $547.50 for this garbage. The cost to the dealer was about maybe 100 bucks tops. On the very next mystery shop, this is inconsistency, the official confirmation email from Costco advised the shopper there would be no charge for the same garbage for the dealer installed options. There seems to be no plan, no reason, no rhyme. For every car dealer that followed the program, there was another who just used the Costco auto program as a hook, bait and switch, to get a customer in the door. Just last week, even after going through the official program online process, our shopper was treated to a high pressure back and forth. The salesperson and his manager refused to provide the documentation required by the Costco auto buying program until he practically begged to see it. So if the Costco member does go through the portal, the online website, they instruct them to look at the Costco member pricing sheet. They also instruct them to look at the invoice on the car. They are told as a Costco member to ask for this. We find the dealers still won't give it to them. And you have to argue and threaten. And sometimes you still can't see it. It's total inconsistency. We've also learned that the dealers with the biggest and most dealer fees, I say the most because unlike most states, the state of Florida has multiple dealer fees. There is no legal cap on dealer fees in Florida. You could charge a million dollars for a dealer fee. Uh, there's no cap on the number of dealer fees. You could have a thousand dealer fees if you wanted to. 
and there's no no requirement that you call a dealer fee a dealer fee. A rose is not a rose is, a, is not a rose with dealer fees. You can call a dealer fee an electronic filing fee, a doc fee, an administrative fee, a tag agency fee, limited only by your imagination or the imagination. The list the is endless. It is. It is. This week, we continue our investigation with a mystery shop of Lexus of Pembroke Pines in Broward County. We submitted a request for a new 2018 Lexus NX300. Immediately, we received the confirmation email. It listed the authorized Costco representatives. It indicated that we would be shown the Costco member-only price sheet. So the first thing the Costco member gets is that you're going to be shown the price sheet. This is going to be the Costco member price. When you go in, you're going to see that. They're all advised of this. It made no mention of any additional fees that a shopper would be subject to. Agent X was our investigator. Now, I'll pause a little bit here, too. Why the games? Why doesn't the Costco auto member program simply give you the price? If you're online and you want to know the Costco member price, Costco has the price. The Costco member program knows the price. They set the price. They go to the dealer and say, lower the price, set this price here. Every month, the Costco auto member program, Affinity Development Corporation, goes to the dealers and say, these are your prices, change this, change this. And they have a copy of it online. So I'm a Costco member. I go online to the Costco member auto buying program, and I say I want to buy a vehicle. Why don't they just tell me what the price is? Oh, oh yeah. I know this one. Okay, Rick. Because then the dealer can't add on extras on the phony Maroney and 17 dealer fees for an additional five or $6,000. Hmm. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah, and uh, also I'd like to add to the fact that uh, it takes us a very long time to build a brand. And uh, if I'm going to go through Costco, there's not a doubt in my mind that there is complete transparency yeah, yeah. and I am going to be treated uh, just like the yeah. Costco brand advertises. Exactly. That's a very, very good point, Nessie, because uh, if someone would take it, wanted to take advantage of me at Costco, boy, could they ever do it. I walk up. Exactly. <clears throat> I pick up an appliance. I pick up a loaf of bread. I pick up a, a medication. Yeah. Everything I buy at Costco, I just pop it in the basket. I walk through the line. I give them my credit card. Exactly. And, and I walk out, and I'm happy yep. because I've, I trust them totally. I've been known to pick up a refrigerator. Yes. There you go. I mean, no I'm, questions totally, asked. I'm totally convinced that Costco is totally transparent and honest, and the prices are low. Okay. And good chicken. Here's our, here's our operation <laughs> report. I speak in the first person as if I were the shopper. And good chicken. You're absolutely right. Four ninety nine. I can't get over that. I mean, this could solve the world hunger problems. I mean, there would be no hungry person in America. All you hungry folks, now that's in bad Costco taste. chicken in every pot. $4.99. I'm telling you, uh, if, you would, if you could see Earl whenever I leave Costco and I call him and say, I'm bringing home a chicken, ah, I want to tell you what, he's the happiest man in the whole wide oh, world. Yeah. Loves Costco chicken. I see him walk no. around with his shiny the problem, fingers. Yes. The, problem is every time, <laughs> the problem is every time you walk in there for chicken, you come back with $600 uh, worth of stuff in the cart. Well, that's that's the part of the plan. That's, the point, exactly. that's okay, right? Not that's as fast because, as I'm moving. Because let me tell you, you can, let me tell you something. I have gone in there, and you have gone there. You can buy a I, chicken, I and they don't tackle you. 
I and they don't when you come to the cashier they don't say are you sure you have would like to buy something more right. yes, and yes. they don't give you a costco dealer fee is that the chicken tackling us the chicken? hey we're getting into the weeds now <laughs> we're, we're shedding a little bit of humor on costco and holes. our delight with them but this mystery shopping report that earl is reading from lexus of pembroke pines uh, i want to tell you listen closely Okay, the physical layout of the dealership was confusing, but I eventually made my way inside, found a receptionist, I asked for a salesperson, and she made a quick phone call to summer Sebastian. Summon Sebastian. Yes, coincidentally, Sebastian was also the name of our Costco rep last week at AutoNation, Toyota Weston. However, this time, Sebastian was just a regular salesperson. His name was not, I repeat, his name was not on the Costco Auto Program confirmation email. We, we talked about the vehicle I wanted to buy while we stood in the showroom before Sebastian suggested we sit at his desk. Once seated, he gathered in info from me and entered it into his computer. I decided at that point, right away, decided to reveal that I was a Costco member who had just made an inquiry through the portal, the computer, online that morning. I wanted to give him a chance to follow the rules of the program and get the right person before he had spent too much time with me. So there's different ways these things happen. At this point here, we, we can go in right away and ask for the Costco member. We can go in sometimes. We do it this way. We waited five minutes before we asked. Sometimes we wait toward the end of the negotiation. So this is, we're trying to try all the different things, eventualities yeah. that may happen. Yeah, based on our experience. Based on how, our experience. how it really happens. How it happened. We talked about the vehicle I wanted to buy. Well, Okay, am I, I'm right. I thought I lost my place. We talked about the vehicle I wanted to buy while we stood in the showroom before Sebastian. Says, uh, uh, oh, we're next, yeah. next okay. paragraph. I apologize. Can we bleep that out? I'm just <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> no, we're live right now. I'm just joking. We are live, aren't we? Well, now I'm scared again. <laughs> that's a chicken, I try to, that's I, a chicken in you talking. <laughs> I try to pretend that we're recorded so I don't get nervous. <laughs> Sebastian continued with... <laughs> Thousands of people are listening to it right now. <laughs> and in Portugal. I don't know. Uh, possibly 17,000. Buenos Dias. That's probably close. <laughs> Sebastian continued the sales process and did not offer to turn me over to the official rep. Now, I just asked to see the Costco representative, and I disclosed who I was. He didn't offer to turn me over. He asked me to wait while he got the key to the new NX300 Lexus we discussed. He came back quickly and led me upstairs to their parking garage. By the way, Earl met Bom Dia. That's good morning in Portuguese. Oh, thank ah. you very much. Bom dia. I was close. <laughs> I tried again and Thanks, asked sir. him if there was somebody there who was supposed to handle Costco members. So, bam, I've hit him twice. I'm a Costco member. And is this right? Should I be talking to the Costco member? I was told I had to speak to the Costco member. I assured him I had no problem with him personally. You know, no problem with you, Sebastian. I just want, don't want to jeopardize my special Costco savings. He said he would make sure I got the Costco pricing. Okay. Now start logging these little conversations in your head when we get to the grand finale here because this is all circumstantial evidence. I confirm this again. I think this is confirmation number three. So you're the right guy. You're the Costco guy. Sebastian, of course. <laughs> we looked the car over. MSRP was 38073 There was no addendum label on it. 
points. That's, that's a good thing. Yeah. Hmm. We drove the car, returned and parked, and headed back to Sebastian's desk. We sat down, and then Sebastian reached over and handed me the key, saying, Your keys. As he did this, he asked if I was ready to take it home with me right now. They call that the trial close. Yeah. They do that with chickens at Costco. Is that right? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know where we're going when we leave here. Costco. There's no, uh, there's no, there's no easier sale for the chickens Sorry. at Costco. We're not buying one chicken. Yeah. We're getting a half a dozen. I, I stand there and I, I, study, I study the chickens for a long time. Then I try to get one fresh off the rotisserie. Oh, you're looking for a crispy chicken. Yeah, I'm looking for crispy. Now, Nancy goes up and says, she, will, she has no shame. She goes up and says, can you tell me the last chicken to come off the rotisserie? And has him come around and point to the case. She says, I'll take that one. I'm, I, I'm too. Hey, I'm a negotiator, yeah. no matter what I do. Okay. Never go to Costco alone. <laughs> Chickens, eyelash uh, liner, uh, whatever. Anyway, so Sebastian did the trial close. I said, look, I'm not ready to buy right this second. I told him we needed to review the Costco pricing. Uh, I then said I would need to return the next day with my wife to do the paperwork. Sebastian looked a little grim, but he jumped up and said he would be right back with my figures. He walked over to another man, carried on a conversation. I couldn't hear what they were saying, but I saw Sebastian gestured towards me a couple of times, and the man, who I assumed was a manager, kept glancing my way and nodding. He came back with, I mean, this typical car dealer stuff, you know, back and forth. He came back with a printed document that looked very official, uh, clinical, almost. It didn't look like wor uh, like most worksheets I'd been presented. I'd presented. It was a dealer track F and I screen. Now that's a mouthful and it's a insider thing. Dealer track is a computer system that a lot of car dealers have. Uh, maybe arguably most. Uh, very, very common computer system. And you can see when something is printed out by a dealer track computer. And this was a screenshot. There was no reference to MSRP or invoice. What that means is it's not Costco, it's a car dealer thing. Yeah, and it was, it was I think, deliberately confusing. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. There was no reference to MSRP or, MS, or invoice. It showed my price is $34,740 and an additional $799 dock fee. And as I say, dock fee is just another name for, for dealer fee. Because in Florida, you can call a dealer fee anything you want to. Dirty could, little secret. You could call it mother. Yeah, Mama. You could call it Bobby. Bobby. Yeah. Mama Mia. Bobby. You could call it anything <laughs> you want to. 1022 in government fees were indicated, and my out-the-door price was $36,779. Because I was somewhat familiar with the document, because I'm a car dealer, and I've seen these over and over again, I could make sense of it. I seriously doubt someone from the outside of the car business would have been able to decipher it. Uh, it's a technical document meant for car dealers. I asked Sebastian what this was supposed to be, sounding slightly agitated. He replied that it was my Costco deal. Well, that's a word game, right? It could have been the Costco deal, but it certainly had nothing to do with Costco, and it wasn't originated by Costco, and Costco had never seen it before. But he said it was my Costco deal. I asked where my Costco member-only price sheet was, Request number multi, uh, four or five. I asked him where my copy of the invoice was. Another request. First request for the invoice. I asked him how I was supposed to know I was actually getting a Costco deal. Now, <clears throat> the Costco email that you receive tells you as a member to ask for these documents. And you can see it's like pulling teeth. They don't want to show you the documents. 
Sebastian was a little flustered. He repeated that what he had shown me was the Costco price. I replied that the Costco auto program emailed me after my inquiry and stated that I would be provided with this documentation. Sebastian looked lost now. Now remember, Sebastian is not a Costco authorized member. He kept repeating that he was essentially a Costco member, authorized member, because he was going to take care of the Costco transaction. He said he would figure this out and ask for a few minutes to go speak with someone. He came back with another document, which wasn't the Costco member-only price sheet. Again. Uh, again. It was a consumer sheet hmm. from Toyota Lexus inventory program. This is a manufacturer sheet. So we've got dealer computer sheets, and we've got manufacturer computer sheets, and they're holding back in the background. They will not show us the Costco computer sheet, if you want to call it. It's a Costco member price sheet. Won't show it to us. And they're showing us sheets that they want us to believe are the Costco sheets, and they're not. I explained to Sebastian this was not what I was talking about. Sebastian did his best to press on. He tried to explain that my price was based on the Costco member discount of $3,300 off MSRP. And that's not the way they normally express a discount. They express, express it as a discount from invoice. I asked if he needed to get someone to help, and he said he did. I watched him run off to get someone. Rick? Um, this is... He quickly added that I was also getting 2000 in factory rebates. Yes. Uh-uh. The sticker price was $38,073. The Costco price that he listed first, or the first sheet, was 34700 and change. That's only 3300 off. That's not 5300 off. It, it's refle- it comes in after taxes. The 2000 yeah, so rebate? Yeah, so the out the door. That's, that's all reflected in there after taxes. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, customer, yeah, customer rebates, I guess, before taxes and uh, dealer, cash be- dealer cash before, customer after. Customer after, yes. okay. He came back with someone named Jean-Claude Diamond. He introduced himself as a Costco rep for Lexus at Pembroke Pines. He was, indeed, one of the names listed on the original confirmation email. So after all this, we finally get the <coughs> official designated Costco member uh, rep. representative. Jean-Claude Diamond, uh, or perhaps Damien, D-A-M-I-O-N. Yeah, Jean-Claude Damien was the Costco rep for Lexus. Okay, Jean-Claude had a Costco member-only price sheet with him finally. Okay, here we go. I don't know how many minutes or hours uh, transpired that our mystery shopper was in before we finally saw the price sheet or how many requests and how many times it was denied. But we finally got it. He reviewed it with me. The price was the same as what Sebastian had shown me on his printed deal sheet. That's starting to look better now. Maybe that's not such a bad deal. On the member-only price sheet, there was a disclaimer that indicated the price did not include their $799 dock fee. Now, that's the reason I didn't want you to see that. Because now the dock fee raises an ugly head. The dock fee, which is the dealer fee. $799 that they didn't want you to see. It wasn't included in the Costco member price. It was noted as being not in the Costco member price. I asked Jean-Claude to see the other member-only price sheet, the one that shows a discount relative to invoice price. And this is also advised by Costco that you should see this. Jean-Claude replied that the discount was $1,300 under invoice. Okay. I asked to see that document. He replied that they do not provide that sheet. 
<laughs> we don't do that. So he just said, we don't do what Costco says I do do. I no do. pun intended. Uh, uh, doo -doo. No pun intended. <laughs> he made a doo-doo. Exactly. <laughs> Costco says you're supposed to see the sheet, and he says we don't do that. I told him that I worked at a Toyota dealership in Pensacola, and we always provided that to the Costco members. He said, Lexus of Pembroke Pines does not. <laughs> so basically, there's a confession, if anybody's listening. There's a confession that Lexus of Pembroke Pines has premeditatedly and proactively violated the provisions of the Costco member auto buying program. And I would say audaciously. As a matter mm -hmm. of policy. As a matter of policy. Now why doesn't Costco auto member program know about that? If they mystery shopped like they say they do, they would know about they it. They don't want to know. They don't want to know. Plausible deniability. Mm -hmm. You've heard that. I asked if he if it was just supposed to take it. We were just supposed to take his word for it. He said that that's the best he had to offer. I asked for a printed buyer's order, and he said I would get one when I took delivery in finance. I explained I was returning the next day to take delivery, and he said I would get it then. Huh? They just wanted to give you the facts and writing. Welcome to the car business. That's Speechless. I told Jean Claude that if he wouldn't get me that buyer's order. I would just have to take my business elsewhere. I told him my next shop would be J.M. Lexus. He sighed and agreed to get one printed by the business manager for me. I waited a long, uh, short while for this, and once I had it, I left. So how many people would get as aggressive? Our mystery shopper, by the way, Agent X, is very aggressive. Uh, he can be passive or he can be aggressive. And you have to be pretty aggressive when you really push like that. Yeah. And most people aren't that way. Oh. But you don't want that kind of aggravation. People are nice. Yeah. Agent X is not. Agent X. <laughs> when, he, when he needs to be. And the average Costco member would have never gone that far. Not and at all. And that's how far we had to and go. And the reason they wouldn't is because they believe <coughs> in the brand. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I'd returned to the office before I noticed. This is, a, this is the one that just absolutely the coup de knocks my socks off. Listen carefully. It wasn't until I'd returned to the office before I noticed they had added an additional $499 electronic processing e-tag fee and $20 private tag agency fee on top of the $799 doc fee. Now, the $799 doc fee dealer fee was disclosed on the Costco member price sheet, which they wouldn't show us until we threatened them. This was never disclosed. The Costco member would never have known about this until it was printed out. And that's the reason our mystery shopper didn't see it until he got back to the dealership and read it. And I have a copy of it right here. $499 of this uh, electronic processing e-tag fee. So the total dealer fees were really about what is that? Over $1,500. Yes. No. Uh, 800 plus 500, $1,300. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the Costco member never would have known the total amount of dealer fees. That's the reason we have a problem with the Costco member auto buying program. And by the way, just as an aside, in our experience shopping, luxury car dealers typically tend to be nicer, lower pressure than you find out a Cadillac dealer, a BMW dealer, a Lexus dealer is typically a little bit more kind in general than a Kia dealer or a Hyundai dealer or a Ford dealer. 
In this case here, we had a luxury car dealer, Lexus. You get down to Broward County, all bets are off. You're, I mean, yeah. the further <laughs> you south better you believe go, it. It's the jungle <laughs> down there, folks. Further south you go, we don't include Key West. That's very nice. Yeah, but once you get through Miami and Broward County, that's a jungle down there. Yeah, Wild It West. is a jungle. We actually had, and I know we're running out of time here, we actually had a mystery shopper physically attacked. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was trying to get out of the car dealership with his buyer's order, and they snatched it yes. out of his hands. And yes. And got True a nasty, story. nasty paper cut, too. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh-oh. Emergency so, room. So <laughs> that wraps up the Mystery Shopping Report. A quick vote around the table here. F. All the way around. Nancy. Dock fee, dealer fee, chicken fee, electronic fee. Oh, I'm <laughs> so disappointing. A brand that has taken and been built for years and years and years. Transparency. That's all it takes, ladies and gentlemen. Let's call the fee that's on the Costco sheet, let's call that the chicken fee. Chicken fee. Yeah, I mean, they could, they could make a profit on the chicken if they had a $10 the chicken fee. The rotisserie fee. Four nine dollars. <laughs> that'll be $4.99 plus a $10 chicken fee. Okay, Sue, so uh, we know. Yeah, yeah, fail, F- fail. F- we F- fail them. Fail them. Do not buy a car from Lexus of Pembroke Pines. Hey, Ted, if you're listening, will you put that on the list for me? Yeah. Okay, folks. Thank you very much for a great show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars uh, right here at the True Oldies channel. And we do appreciate you. You are an extremely important part of the show. I can't, I can't say it enough every week. Have a wonderful weekend and happy Father's Day to all you daddies out there.